0: What's going on, family? Welcome back to another week and another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. Before we get into this week's episode of the podcast, and I introduce my special guest. Man, we got some big news, right? So over the weekend, we got an email that said that Unscripted is in the top 50 in the self-improvement section over in Europe in a country called Slovenia. Look, to my listeners in Slovenia, look, I appreciate you. Right, you guys are doing the thing over there. You guys are rocking with us over there, you know, and I really appreciate it. And for those listening, if you could do us a huge favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review of the podcast. Look, this truly helps us in pushing and moving this podcast forward. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what things we could improve on. Let us know some guests that you would like to hear on the podcast. But if you could do us a huge, huge favor, And head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review of the podcast. It would surely help us and go a long way. If you would like to support the podcast, apart from leaving a review and rating of the podcast, then I suggest you check out our Patreon account where you can get all access behind-the-scenes content to the podcast, to speaking engagements, and to also some news that we may be having and doing in the future. You know, we got some exciting things in the works that we are going to make exclusive to our patreon so I've always said before right unscripted is a family oriented feel I wanted to feel that way right this isn't something that you just come and you leave and you don't get anything from it right we want to make sure that we are doing everything in our power to add value to your life and to hopefully bring joy to a time in your day where it may be tough to find. It. So with that being said, let's get into this week's episode of Unscripted. So my guest this week is Canadian wide receiver Nateya J. Originally from Toronto, he was an all-around athlete who played different sports but found his love for football stood above them all. After high school, he went south to further his education and played football at City College of San Francisco before finishing his collegiate career at the University of Buffalo. Look, shout out to the junior college out the junior colleges out there. It's a grind. It's tough, man. But when when you're from junior college, you're built different. And only if you know about the junior college system do you really know exactly what I'm talking about, right? But after finishing up his collegiate career at the University of Buffalo in 2013. Nate was drafted to the Toronto Argonauts with the 22nd overall pick. Now a veteran in the Canadian Football League, Nate has found balance on the field and off the field. With the pandemic, he has focused on other ventures in the very popular podcast that he started called All Ball, where he gets to put his journalistic passion on display, where he touches base with uh, guests from the CFL, the NFL, and from all walks of life. So, without further ado, enjoy this week's episode with Nate Ajay. What's going on, bro? You can hear me? Can you hear me? What's up, bro? What's going on, man? Nothing much,
1: man.
0: Man, I like, I like the setup you got going on back there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate
1: it. There's a few things from... Uh
0: man is that something you always do you always collect a little something from each 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 game each team each year you know what it's not intentional
1: but you know the last like 3 4 years at the end of the year i always make sure i get something just because uh you know how sports is you just never know you know what's going to happen whether you're going to be on that team next ah. year you know things change year to year right so i always make sure to get something you no know, the last you no know, 3 4 years to
0: Remember the year by, yeah. You know, it's 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 funny you say that, bro. Because I always tell people, uh, especially in sports, right? Like on a kind of on a smaller scale, but it's still big, right? Like there is such thing as sports, like PTSD. You know what I'm saying? Because you be yeah. coming in some days, you're like, man, I may get traded. I know for me in track, I'm like, man, I may get hurt. I may lose my contract. I'm like, man, what's? I shouldn't be distressed about being successful.
1: <laughs> yes, bro, you're absolutely right. Like. I remember, you know, times just walking into the facility and before you're, you know, established and you know what to expect, like, it's things are so up and down, they're so fickle. You know, you'll walk into a facility, you know, you'll see a new guy that's, you know, you've never seen before, the team just signed, and you start wondering, hey, how does this affect me? Like, does it me, I get less playing time, Does he come and take my spot? And it's that constant, you know, everyday anxiety that you have walking into the building that a lot of people don't understand because, you know, it's a performance-based industry, right? They pay you based on your performance, and if you ever slip up or you're not performing like they think, and, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, another man's judgment on your performance, right? So Mm. you have no control of that. You have Mm. no control of that. So you could be playing, like, your best football of your life, but if you don't fit another man's idea of how you should be playing or they have different ideas or you don't fit the salary cap or this or that, you might be gone. So that's always in the back of your mind, like whether you're – you know, a star player or, you know, at the bottom of the depth chart kind of
0: guy. You know, man, that bleeds into my first question, right? Because away from sports, last year had so many uncertainties with the pandemic and we're still dealing with it, still trying to get through it. But last year, as being a professional athlete, being in the Canadian Football League, there were so many ups and downs, at least from what I was reading about, man. Double-edged question. How did you handle the day-to-day not from an athlete perspective, but from a father, a husband, um, trying to adjust to everything that is going on in the world. And not to mention that for the past however many years you were gearing up to play football and now it wasn't happening and certain uncertainties in that field of it, man. How did you handle the day-to-day, especially from a mental aspect of things?
1: Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. It was tough because, like you said, you know, my whole life, since I was about 12 years old, every year, oh, wow. like getting ready for, you know, playing football or playing a sport, right? There's never been a year where I didn't play a sport. So it was extremely awkward. It was, um, it, 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 there's a lot of emotions that went into it because on one hand, you know, your body is like so in tune with doing something at a certain time every single year. And now you just, you are mentally, you just have to refocus and understand that that's not there right now yeah. so for me i just took it as okay i got two young daughters right uh, I, like there are times where i have to sacrifice and you know have to train and be away be on the road for you know team stuff and like this is a tennis where you know i don't know what is the universe kind of sending me back it's like hey you gotta slow down and they gave me an opportunity to really spend you know more quality time uh, with, with my two young daughters and more family time, especially with my wife, because, you know, like I said, there's been so many times where, you know, you got to sacrifice and, you know, they obviously understand, but it still hurts, you know, when you yeah. got to go or, you know what I mean, when you got to be away. So uh, it was, it was, I don't want to say it was a blessing in disguise, but it really helped me in other aspects of my life though to be more balanced right not to be so sports focused because you know it also gave me understanding that sports we know this but until they hit you you don't understand that sports could be gone at any yeah. time right so <laughs> the things that matter really i like think every day is you know your family right because they're going to be there forever right so it made me understand uh it gave me a better understanding the things that were, are the most important, the relationships that, you know, I need to, you know, uh, you know, foster every day. And, and uh, I I appreciate it because I, I saw a lot of things that I didn't, you know, uh, think I would experience to to the extent like, you know, I I memorized every Disney uh, musical, right? (laughs) So it was, it was, it was was definitely a a blessing and I appreciate it. They also gave me time to think about what I want to do outside of football, right? Because when you're in a sport, you know, it's so, they always say, you know, never have a plan B or, you know, don't focus on other things because it's going to take away from, you know, your, you know, what you're doing in that moment. But for me, I was like, this was built in. Like, I, I didn't have my sport to think about. So it forced me to think about, you know, what I want to do outside of my sport. And I think that was important. And I think it was important for a lot of guys because a lot of guys never had the opportunity to hit that that pause and, and really focus um, and have the time to focus on things that they're interested in, the passions outside their sport. So I was, I took it as it was a, a fortunate uh, occurrence, you know, for us to miss this season because I, I got the opportunity to get into things that I really wanted to do uh, post football that would have never gotten to do while I was still playing. So um, I always try to look at everything as a positive, and and you know, it happened for a reason, and you know, just try to make the most of it. So more family time, and I got a chance to figure out some of the things I want to do post football so I, I it's never it's never a negative and you never lose you you always
0: learn you know man that's so interesting you say that because I think that's something that's not talked about very often you know I always make it a habit wherever I go to speak to the youth and I'm sure you do it as well too there is more to an athlete than just the physical side than what you do right people love you when you're catching, catching passes tackling people throwing TD passes running fast jumping high but when you are out of the sport, it's like they look at you as something different, right? And I think one of the hardest things um, that an athlete faces is they don't get told that very much, right? Was there a moment, I know this pandemic showed us for you, but was there a moment that you said, you know what, there are other things that I can do out here. Did that ever cross your mind? Because I know for me growing up, (laughs) I heard a story about this person at the Olympics. This is when I was like 12. I didn't even know about the Olympics at this time. And he was telling me that this guy went to the Olympic games, right? He was projected to win, man. He'd been dominating swimming all year, got to the Olympic games and basically ate himself out of a medal, right? Because unlimited food, you don't got to wait at no line. Right. So he actually put on 30 pounds in a span of like a week. Cause he would just eat and eat. Now, obviously there's pressure there. There's nerves, there's all these different things and trying to cope with it. But, after he went to the games and he left the games, nobody wanted to mess with him anymore. Nobody wanted to give him any endorsements, anything like that. So in my mind, I was like, man, I, not that I would be in that position, but right. I'm like, man, I, I don't want to do that. So I search and sought for other things very early in my life. Was that kind of similar for you or were you just so drilled into, into playing football?
1: That's a, uh, that's a great story you just shared. And uh, oftentimes, man, like, you know, your performance is almost correlates with how people treat you. And that's, that's, that's unfortunate because, you know, a lot of times people don't understand that like, athletes are human beings too. All of yeah. us, are yeah. And especially at this level, all of us have been, you know, stars on our youth team, you know, just to even get to this level, best players on our college and, and, you know, things of that nature to get to this level. So, you know, for me, honestly, I, since I've been a kid, I've been so fascinated with the media aspect of, mm. of sports, right? i would be watching sports. And like you know, a moderate shot would be interviewing Michael Jordan, and I love Michael Jordan, huge Michael Jordan fan. But I'm like, man, what's it like to be a moderate shot, right? Like you know, obviously, like you don't have the pressure of being Michael Jordan, but you're around the sport, you're you're working, and you know, you're having fun because I was watching a lot of his Inside the NBA stuff, and he's like, you know, playing basketball, and, and it, like he's just like he's just like having doing what he normally do, but like getting for just, right? Just so, right. So for me, that was. That was kind of what I was interested in early, but obviously I was, um, you know, obviously good enough uh, at my sport to, to continue, but I've always had that love for the media side of things that always, you know, even Cabby on the street, right. I w- mm-hmm. watched him and, and then I figured out, man, how could I be like Cabbie? And most guys are like, how could I be like an athlete? But I'm thinking, how could I be like Cabbie or Ahmad Rashad? So that was kind of my angle. And I've always had that love and interest in it. So like you said, for this pandemic, I was able to, you know, see some of the stuff that you've been doing with the podcast and gave me inspiration like, hey, there's no time better than now, you know, to start a podcast and, you know, do some of the stuff i like to do, like talk to my friends, you know, figure out their stories, um, have fun, you know, laugh. So that was uh, some of the, that, that's, that's something that I've thought about. And um, you know, thankfully for the pandemic that I, I've been able to start and put my foot down and, you know, through my podcast, been able to do some work with Sportsnet uh, with their NFL coverage, so that's um, that's something that I'm uh, definitely thankful for, and uh, you know, don't take for granted for
0: sure. Well, let's get into your career, man, because me being out west, right? I always hear about out east, right? I always like I remember um, uh, I, I I played football and ran track, and in in high school. I would always hear about, man, so-and-so was doing this. They just ran for 300 yards. I said, what? No, watch this, right? So it's the competitive nature, which I think that's another thing that Canada can be better at as a whole. But what was it like for you, man? Because I'm sure you were probably a triple sport athlete yourself. You know, you could probably hoop a little bit. You're playing some football, running some track. But I want to talk about the recruiting process, because I don't think people understand how tough it is to get recruited up north when you're trying to go down south, right? All we see is the NFL, right? We we were watching the CFL, but I think every football player growing up, you want to go to the NFL, but what was that high school journey like for you, man? And, and, and what was the recruiting process? Because before you went to Buffalo, you went to San Fran. Yeah. Walk me through a little bit about that process, man.
1: Yeah, man, like you said, man, like a, a, as a kid in Canada, you know, you're of the CFL, but you know, if you were like a competitive guy, like we all are, you know, you want to play at the highest level, right? So we're mm-hmm. watching the NFL and uh, figuring out how to get to that level. And you're seeing NFL players. I remember when I was young, I'm watching NFL players and then I'm thinking about, okay, where do they go to college? Okay, they're going to all these, you know, USC, Florida, you know, Texas, all these schools, right? And then you start thinking, how do I get there? Yeah. And, you know, you start doing that whole thing. And, and luckily for me, I had a, a good friend of mine who uh, is a, a scout for the Miami Dolphins now, right? He was really into, you know, recruiting and, 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 and you know, how to – a pulse on like how that world works so he was like hey man like you know for you to get qualified for these schools you got to do your sat you got to register with the clearinghouse like he what like, really was on it right and walked me through that whole process um so honestly that that's that's how it started so you got you know a clearinghouse and, and SATs, but you still need the recruits to come up here so like how do you get recruits to come up to canada like, you know, they, they don't trust the, the Canadian game that much. It's getting better now. But back when I was coming up in mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of scouts coming up to Canada to watch games, right? So we had to make a highlight tape um, mm. of all my best plays. So we literally made a highlight tape of all my best plays uh, in, in high school. And I played some red football in the summertime too, right? So uh, made a whole recruiting uh, bio and all that thing and sent it to every school.
0: Yeah, you sell yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah i think i had to like a salesman so we sent it to every school heard back from a few schools started getting more letters but the main thing they kept saying was like you know the level of competition like we don't really trust it right we have guys from you know california we know we recruit there all the time we know that level of competition yeah, yeah you're running by people in high school but what are those guys that you're playing going to colleges probably not right so uh they, that was a big thing for me so that's why i had to go to junior college so we we figured out that NCAA schools weren't really recruiting, and it was too late for me to go to prep school because that's another level, uh, another route I could have gone before if I had started the the process earlier, like twelfth grade, go to prep school, yeah, and then play states, and then get recruited like that. That's probably the easiest path uh, for kids, but it involves like moving away from home, right? So for me, I was past that, you know, already in twelfth grade, trying to do all this. Um, the next best thing was if recruits aren't coming out here, you know, try to get down there. So. Uh, junior college was the next best step you know two-year junior college and have you know get recruits uh, get recruited to go to a four-year you know, bigger school right so did the same process set my tape out to all uh, junior colleges and you know this time there was more love they, they didn't care too much about the the yeah. the, the yeah. point I was uh, dealing with up here uh, so got more love uh, got recruited by you know, uh, San Francisco City College one of the best you know, honestly, one of the best uh, you know, city uh, junior college that you could go to because they are very successful national championships galore. Our head coach was like, you know, Nick Saban in Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. So I, you get there and, you know, you can already tell this is a different environment. They ran it like uh, a Division One program. You got Division One coaches coming to practice almost every day. Uh, I remember like, you know, Nick Saban was there, you know, all the top D1 schools were there. So, you know, you already felt it was a great environment. But Then the football part was the toughest part, man, because I'm coming from Canada and you know I'm the best on my team. But there, they have dudes. Everybody is the
0: best on the team. (laughs)
1: Everybody's the best on the team, right? And these dudes are on another level because they've already they're used to playing higher competition uh, in high school, and it's they're they're just taking it more serious on a different level. So there's an adjustment period that you have to go through, man. And it took me almost like six months to catch up, right? Because you know, I'm seeing all these guys. I'm like, man, my moves aren't working the same way they were working down mm. here, right? You know, my speed isn't translating the same way it was tra- as translating down there, right? I got to figure out different ways to get open now. I got to figure out ways to change speeds. And it just took me, you know, a little bit to catch up. So six months, literally, to catch up the whole season. But my second year, you know, had to, like, dig deep, put that work in, understand what I need to do. And there was a lot of dog days where you're like, man, like, I'm not probably not built for this, man. Let me just go back to Canada and go to the CIS and you know dominate up there and life will be good. But now nah, it's like something was like, nah, man. You came down here for a reason. You came too far to go to, to just come this far. Stick it out. The next year, uh, a lot better, uh, a lot better year for me because you know I was able to adjust, uh, understand what I was doing, earn a starting spot, and then uh, starting to get recruited from there. And then um, was getting like uh, good looks from like University of Hawaii. Even took a visit down there. San Diego State almost committed there um then Buffalo came through so that uh that's kind of my my recruiting experience man hope I didn't take too much time
0: (laughs) no man I love it bro and I actually want to break it down a little bit more man because well first and foremost man shout out to junior colleges bro it is tough it is tough it is tough man it's 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 you know it's one of those positions right because I went to Barton Community College obviously you don't go to junior college necessarily by choice (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) no one's there because they want to be there
0: (laughs) Tell you that right now, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've been very uh, fortunate to be able to have some, some of the youth, you know, trust me in the sense of mentorship. And some of them are in junior college right now. And I remember telling them, I said, look, you go to junior college to get out of junior college. You don't go to junior college to play around. Mm -hmm. For you, you said, man, some of my, some of my moves ain't working, man. But, you know, I'm not breaking away from the competition like how I used to break off. And it took you six months to kind of adjust to that system. What were you doing in that six months, man? Were you Were you studying more plays? Were you doing extra work? What, what were you doing, I guess, to even the playing field for you?
1: Dude, it was tough, man, because, you know, practice, the practice was tough on itself because they didn't have any, like, NCAA regulations where... For... You know, you have a certain time, 40 hours that you can be in the facility or, or practicing. So, like, we were practicing so hard, and every day was, like, it was, like, a game day. That's how they did it, man. It was dog-eat-dog. Dog. So, every and like, guys that were starting, like, the backups were trying to take their spots. And you knew that if you practice better, you got a good chance to take, take a guy's yeah. spot. Guys were going so hard every single day. And literally, I spent the whole time practicing but and trying to get better. And it wasn't happening as fast as I wanted to, right? So, you know, obviously, I go to practice and work hard, but everybody was doing the same thing, right? So it really – where the, the change really happened was, you know, day by day, right, going through that grind day by day, feeling like nothing was happening. Then eventually, like, the, the season ends. Play a little bit at the end, but the season ends, the offseason comes, and then – I'm thinking like this is where i can you know make some try strive because mm-hmm. guys are yeah. you know they're taking some time off right and you know so i was like i came back home i got with my trainer that i've been with um jesse corona that i've been with for for like since i was 15. and we really got to work right? where my guys were you know taking time off where I was like okay this is what i need and I, I need to be a little bit stronger i need to be faster i need to be quicker um like i got that i can catch and i can do i can run routes but i need it to happen you know at a, a faster rate so mm. really got to work that offseason um uh and then i came back you know a little bit stronger a little bit faster while guys are taking some time off and it showed and i think the coaches had noticed that so that was really my journey and then we got into like spring football and then and then fall football but no, I really made uh, – sh- no, I made strides, obviously, understand, going through practice every day throughout this, uh, you know, four or five months of the season. You know, you make strides, you understand, you get better every day. But it's not as fast as you want it to because everybody's doing the same thing. Like, you can't really break off and do your own thing. But it was really the offseason when I was able to, you know, kind of uh, take some more strides to understand what I needed for my game and, and then uh, put that work in to get it.
0: Man – I remember my time at junior college, bro, and I seen some freaks, like just some people who, man, I remember one of my teammates, bro, we're having a track meet and we're in Texas Tech. He was a long jumper. One of the giftiest, giftiest isn't even a word, but I'm gonna say it today, one of the giftiest (laughs) cats. And you know, usually in competition, you're drinking water, right? And he's about to jump and he sits down and his name is Carmetric Ross. I said Ross, "What you gotten? What you got in the cup, man?" He was like, "Bro, I got some soda." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and the man went out and jumped like seven ninety seven, and he went back and took a sip of the coke. Yeah. But like, they can do stuff, bro. Yeah. I don't. It just doesn't make sense, man. What, can you think of some time in your junior college? Did you have any of those teammates that were like that? That you were just like, yeah. "Yo, how is this?" Bro, how can you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, bro. There's like I said, there was better athletes in junior college than I saw in Division One, man. Like, just these are guys that you know are extremely gifted and probably got a pass through school, and then when it was time to really you know qualify for Division One, they, they couldn't get put together. So some of yeah. the best athletes are in junior college. And I remember one dude, uh, David Henderson. He ended up passing away um, after junior college, but he was like probably the fastest. Like a, you think of Tariq Kill, he was yeah, like that yeah. in, in junior college. Like fast, but not just long speed, but quick speed too. Like how do you combine like the the, the long speed mm-hmm. of a can boat with the quickness? You know, with Tariq Kill, like that's what he was. And you know, in San Francisco, he had broken all of O.J. Simpson's records. Oh, and to watch this dude in practice, it was like it's like he was playing a different game. He was <laughs> at a different speed. It was like. It was like no matter what he did or no matter what the play was, he was going to take it. It seemed like he was going to take it uh, to the house for a touchdown, no matter where he was. And he had like all the skills too, like the ability to run really catch. It was like unfair. And it was like the first time in my life where I was like, man, I wish I had his skill. Mm. I mean, it seemed like there was nothing I could do in my life that could get me to that point. That was just God given, you know, natural ability. Right. And I, was, I just remember thinking that every day at practice, i like, man, what would it be like to, to be like this guy? What would it be like to be that fast, that quick, that good, you know, for, like, just give me that for a day, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the things yeah. I would be out there doing. So that – that we I mean, had a guy like – and this guy didn't work out. We go into the weight room and do nothing, <laughs> you know what I mean? And coaches didn't care because he was, you know, one of the best players. Um, Off-season, man, like, the guy was just all over the place, like – like he was unfocused there, right in the school but just supremely gifted and like i said like you'd get passes you know teachers loved him everyone loved him right and unfortunately he passed away you know after you know after junior college but i was always thinking man like what would it what what would it be like to be like that guy for a day <laughs>
0: yeah man hey man rest in peace to him man it, it 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 seems like he was a good person on the on the field and off the field man um, san diego state hawaii why did you pick Buffalo, man? Because Buffalo cold, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was more Buffalo chose me, man. Like, I had a crazy journey, man. Like, Hawaii, uh, you know, was, was getting ready to go actually commit to Hawaii, man. But then they had a culture change. So as soon as mm. culture change happens, the recruits, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if they're going to you know, want you to continue coming there or uh, they're gonna bring their own guys. So unfortunately for me, man. I was all set to go Hawaii. I a good picture it right now. I'm like, man, I'm gonna be on the beach every day. Yeah, we never gonna come back home.
0: Soaking um, up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Coach, coach, coach and change happens, and a um, new regime comes in and uh, switch everything up. San Diego State was a situation where um, you know me and another recruit were you know going for the same spot, going for the same scholarship, and uh, it we were, had summer classes, and he had. He was in a uh during college where i think it was quarterly so he had ended his classes earlier and mine uh so he was able to enroll earlier so they just went with the sure thing and um i think we we're pretty even on their boards and i guess he would have finished his classes earlier so they're like we'll just go with them and this and now i was i was heartbroken because i was like nothing i could do right i'm like i can't change the the classes, yes. class schedule they'll complete my summer classes earlier so it was more a situation where Buffalo chose me and Buffalo became a situation where, oh man, it's close to home. Yeah. And now I'm like, not really out of options, but it was like the, the, the next best thing that, that, could, um, that could happen. So uh, that's uh, kind of how that situation played out.
0: Man, when you were at Buffalo, right? Being in a division one school now, uh, bigger, bigger classes, um, you're, you're, you're a student athlete now. Uh, There's a bunch more distractions when it comes to classes. There's, you got this much of time to be in practice. You got to be here at this time. You got maybe study hall. You got all these different things, man. What was it like when you got there? Three part question. One, what was it like when you got there? How did you handle time management? How did you handle, okay, look, I can only chill with you for 30 minutes. I got Mm -hmm. practice. How did you handle that? And was there a game to you that said, you know what, not only can I play with these guys at this level, but I can go to the next level. Was there a game for you that kind of stuck out like that?
1: Mm, okay, so the first part, what was it like when I first got to Buffalo, man? It was like, it was like when, you know, we're at Juco, it was like almost going to heaven man, <laughs> because Juco was was hell, man. Juco was tough, everything about Juco, like the facilities weren't were great, the equipment wasn't great. The food I mean,
0: wasn't was great.
1: man. know practicing from like uh but it seemed like breakfast till dawn right so you know it it, getting to buffalo when you first get there the facility everything jumps out at you like the facility you can tell there's more money into the the facility um coaches the gear that you get you get so much more gear um and it it makes you feel special so it almost feels like you're you're in heaven you go you're going from uh hell to heaven so it was it's a great feeling like you feel like you kind of made it somewhere right you feel like you came from Kind of rags to riches kind of. So it's a great mm-hmm. feeling when you get on campus. And then handling the time management, they almost it make they almost do everything for you, right? Because all your whole day is scheduled, right? Classes, right? Meetings, and then study hall. Then you know you gotta get to bed because you got workouts in the morning. So everything is kind of uh, done for you. And if you don't fall in line, it's it's gonna be really easy to you know, get out of whack. So um, they kind of handle all that for you, which is nice because you know at that age you you know you don't have you don't want to be um at that age you, you you're not really thinking about time management as much uh mm-hmm. so it's nice that they do it for you because it really sets you up for success later in life because you understand right you have to really you know you know chart down everything you need to do um to get things done so um i, I was really appreciative of like, their approach and i didn't realize it then i'm like man we got another thing oh man and then i got class and i got meetings so i was like i really appreciated when i got you know, to a professional level because you know, there's less to do when you get to the freshman because all you have to do is play football and go to practice. But then, you know, you have life stuff now. So really like, you know, write down and then uh, really manage your time um, was, was easier going through the college experience. And then was there a game that, you know, I had that, I thought, you know, I, you know, I had that game when I was in junior college, when it was, it was a championship game in, in junior college. And, um, you know, there was, there was recruits on the other side that was going to Alabama. Tennessee, like all these D one schools, like I knew, so it was high level competition. Now there's a lot of guys on my team that were going to big schools like Oregon, UCLA, USC too, right? So you know it was a big, really big matchup, and I ended up like being the MVP of that game, you know, mm. both sides and, and catches and yards. And I was like, man, like th- that's what made me feel like I could I could make it and be a professional because it was a high level competition, uh, high level coaching, a lot of stake, and I was able to you know rise up in that situation. So. You know, after that, I had the utmost confidence on it. Man, like, you know, like these are great athletes. All these athletes are going to bigger schools than, you know, I'm going to. Um, I can play with them, you know, I can break them off. And I knew that from then uh, I, could, I, I could, you know, make it professionally.
0: You know, it's, it's, it's always good to hear that, bro, because, you know, there's always the correlation between each sport. I think every, every sport, every person has that moment regardless even if you're an athlete or not you always have a moment where you believe that you belong there and something happens and it confirms it and you're like you know what yeah yeah man 2013 draft day right if i remember correctly 2013 you were drafted with 22nd overall right yeah yeah agree to that. to toronto yeah i think that's special bro because that's home right that's home Playing in front of the whole crowd. Hey, all your partners from school can come and watch. They can come to the game. They're probably hitting you up like, "Hey, bro, you can you can slide me a couple of tickets on the, you know, all these different things." You know, moms there, pops there, family's there, man. What was that moment like? Do you? Where were you? Were you? Were you wearing a three piece suit? What, what what were you doing in that moment, man? What 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 was draft day like for you? And what was it like to get your name called, bro?
1: Man, it was, it was, like you said, it was special. I, I remember that day, like it was yesterday, because, you know, you know that in one moment your life is going to change, like the city you're going to live in is about to be uh, changed. The, the, the people you hang out with is going to be different. Um, you don't know, right? It's, like, it's all up in the area. You can go to any city, you could end up in BC or you can be in Montreal or you can be Saskatchewan. You don't know where you're about to go, where your career is going to start um so that's all from there so the whole day is like anxiety filled right because <laughs> yeah. you're on one hand you know you're going to be drafted so you're happy uh you understand that hey man I got a chance to you know play football and my mindset was man I'll be happy to go anywhere you know what I mean just as long as I get to play football that's that's a blessing um I had no idea Toronto was going to draft me because throughout the whole draft process I had talked to every single team in um, in in the CFL, except for Toronto, and I had no idea. And the funny thing is, my best friend that I told you was helping me, that helped me with recruiting growing up, he uh, got a job as a scout with the uh, with the with the Argonauts, and so he was on the staff at that time. And but mm. he didn't tell me nothing. He obviously he's good at his job. He's with the Miami Dolphins now, but he didn't tell me anything. I had no idea uh, what was gonna happen. But you know, I uh, that day that the draft was early, I think earlier in the day, and I had a draft party with my family and all my friends um, at the at the gym that I trained on, at, at Target training. So um, it was a, a very surreal day, you know, early watching the draft on TSN. Maybe It was like, I think it was 11 or 12 in the afternoon, man. I don't know why they did that at that time, but yeah, it was 11 or 12, so yeah. we're watching the draft. Um, me, my trainer, we're um, uh, at the gym watching it and uh they call my name and uh, I was like one receiver gets taken and I'm like man I think I'm better than him but mm-hmm. okay whatever I'm about to go next and I'm seeing all the teams picking and they're like they're all talking and I had no idea what was going on I get the call for my boy but you know that was helping me with you know, mm-hmm. recruiting like I told you he calls me he's like buddy we just traded up we're going to draft you here's the uh, GM or whatever and I was like You couldn't I didn't hear anything anyone said after that when I heard Toronto and I was like, you could have you could have said I'm giving you a million dollars. I would have never heard bro, cause I was just over the moon. I'm like, this is unbelievable. The team I grew up cheering for, team I love, uh, I get an opportunity to play for them and help them. It's like you couldn't ask for anything more, right? So and I knew everybody I knew a lot of guys on the team already. Um I get to stay in my my home city. Like you said, my parents they come to the game. It was it was the best situation uh, you could ever ask for, honestly.
0: You know, man, it, it it it's it's so good to hear stories like that because it's like one, man. That's your boy calling you and saying, "Look, man, this is what's going to be." So it's a familiar voice. Your rookie year, man. And I want to work backwards. I want to talk mental then physical. From a mental standpoint of things, uh, how did you handle the rookie year? Because yes, you're at home, but with home comes distractions. You know, you got you're getting paid to play football now. officially getting played to play football now what did that look like in the sense of what are you doing with your money to be able to sustain this right because you got to still put yourself in a position to be successful in this league now you're a professional it's a big difference between being a high school athlete a collegiate athlete but being a professional the game may be the same but I think the external things come into play that adds the two together man what was that rookie year like from a mental side of things getting your mind right every day learning this new playbook and then what was it like physically playing your rookie year was was there some guidance there was somebody that helped you or were everybody else just like you're not gonna take my spot man you got to learn it on your own because there is some of that yeah there is in, a lot in, of that in every sport in every field every profession walk yeah. me a little bit through that that rookie year for you man
1: the rookie year was interesting, man, because like I said, I knew some people on the team, like the Andre Jerry's and Chad Owens of the world, and you know it was it was cool because I got an opportunity to go there, and they're a little bit older, so they helped me so much because they're secure in their spots, right? They they helped me understand the game so much more. Uh, even if Jason Barnes, Matt Barnes' the brother, was on our team, and you know he was a tremendous help um, for me, and they had just a veteran a veteran. Um, perceiving core. So I walked in mm-hmm. a great situation where, you know, guys were, you know, not helping me because they thought I was gonna take a job. It was, it was the opposite. They were so confident in what they were doing. And they they, they, they they kind of had a great culture where, you know, man, as we're only as good as our, our, our weakest link. So they were trying to build me up, yeah. work with me. And it really helped because, you know, at the start, I wasn't playing a lot. Um, I wasn't playing a lot at all. So I was adjusting to, you know, life at home. Um, all, all the girls from high school were hitting me <laughs> up. <laughs> so dealing with that, um, it, it was, it was extremely interesting, a lot of distraction, but I never let that affect, you know, my play on the f- uh, field, because that's the only thing that I cared about. I, the only thing I cared about was being great at football. And that was, um, extremely important to me. And I had great help. I had great, great mentors and shadows. And, and, you know, when I got my opportunity, I think my rookie year, uh, Labor Day, man, like my first ever, first start, uh, I, I was able to play well and earn some of the trust of my coaches because you know, I was prepared for that. Right. And I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for some of the veterans on the team, you know, kind of helping me. And I honestly I didn't know I could play uh, in the CFL until until that 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 that's my first start ever. Uh, I don't even think my coaches knew I could play right because mm-hmm. the, the, whole, the whole mood switched up after now, my <laughs> coach, uh my my assistant, the receiver's coach, who ends up being my head coach later on, is like, hey man, I, let's stay after practice. Let's do this and that, because he started to believe in me um and my skills after what I had shown. So it was it was a really cool uh experience my rookie year. Um I, I was I was fortunate to be able to you know address and you know be a part of every game, not necessarily starting and playing. Uh, it was a good experience for me and you know I I, I think about that with fond memories because it was just a whirlwind, man. You're you're in your city, like you said. You know, you, you got your all your friends, um, my family, everybody asking for tickets, um, which is which is a blessing, right? Yeah, I can't I can't say that's that's a bad thing because you know they're not asking for tickets for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's a blessing. I know, like once you're done playing, no one's gonna be asking you for tickets anyway. I so
0: be asking for nothing. <laughs> right. So
1: I, I took it as a blessing, and you know, to be able to help. Yeah, there's something about man helping the city that you love you know in a professional setting is so there's nothing can replace that man so um i was, I was really excited um to, to be able to do that and experience you know CFL football for the first time
0: from toronto you came out west man you came to the real cold in canada you came Ooh. you went to edmonton Ooh. you know man but before we talk about the sports side man um what 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 year did you have your daughter in
1: 2016. my first daughter was 2016.
0: Ma'am, How hard was it? Because I think people from the outside looking in, they see the sport, right? They see, wow, this person is so lucky to be able to be here and is so all these different things, but like everything else is a full-time job. And I think one of the hardest things um, that an athlete has to sacrifice or any person sacrifice is time. You're putting time into something in order to get the financial gain to get back that time. Man, what was, some, what was it like, man, knowing that you're here out west, you're doing your job, but when you're doing your job and your family's out east, it can kind of feel like, it can kind of feel like, man, is this really worth it? You know what I'm saying? Because you're missing, you're missing first steps, you're missing the teeth, you're missing certain things. What was it like, man, knowing that you had to sacrifice this to get something else, but this was still here, man. Walk me through that. some of those sacrifices and some of those nights where you're just like, man, I'm sore, I'm tired, I want a home-cooked meal. I just yeah. want to be with the family, man. What, what, In those moments, what did you do to help find that joy, even though you couldn't be with them?
1: Yeah, dude, that, that was probably just one of the hardest things I had to do in my whole life, like having the family back in Toronto and moving out West and you know the whole reason I would not have never did it. Like, from my, I remember talking to my wife and saying, Hey man, we, we got offer from Toronto, those after my second year. And then I haven't really, you know, proven myself in the league. I didn't know if I was going to get an opportunity to play in, in Toronto, the, the opportunity that I wanted because we had so many good players. Um, and then Edmonton, like I said, my old uh, assistant coach who was now the head coach of Edmonton. And I said, he believed in me. Right. So, you know, I talked to him a little bit and he said, Hey man, you you you'll get an opportunity here, um, you know you know same offense and I was like man, man all I wanted to is to play right I, like I I don't want to sit at the bench anymore I want to play I want an opportunity to play so I talked to my wife like yeah we got an opportunity in Edmonton. Um, this is before my daughter was born, but she we were pregnant at the time, and she was like, "Go for it, man! This is like your dream to play professional football."
0: Wow! Go for wow. It. So I was I was on the fence about it. I was like, "I don't want to
1: leave. Like, I'm about to have a a, a, no, a daughter. Like, I don't want to leave. Like, I want to be here for every little thing." But uh she was, you know, really, you know, the one that pushed me towards it. She knew it was the best thing. Like, my dream is professional football. You know, she knew. She knew it was so she pushed me towards it and uh, I would have never did if it wasn't for her. So I get to Edmonton, man, and uh, I had a lot of friends on the team. Like, like it was, it was weird because a lot of them, like, like four or five guys that played youth football with were on the mm-hmm. Edmonton team. So it felt like family and it was really important. Like one of my best friends in the world, Blair Smith lives in Edmonton. So it felt like home away from home. And I, I feel like if it wasn't for him and a, a few other guys on the team, I would have, I probably would have went back home, man, because it's tough. There are nights where, like, I'm thinking, like, we're FaceTiming, and my you know, daughter is, you know, saying a few words, and, you know, and I'm missing that, and I'm like, just mm-hmm. ah, like, man, I just want to go home, like, what is it, <laughs> right? But, you know, the thing about football is, like, every day you got to, you know, challenge yourself, you, you're challenged, and you got to prove yourself, so on one hand, I'm missing home, but on the other hand, I know I got practice next day, and I got to perform and, and do it to my best of my ability, or I can't provide for the family, right, so it's a, it's a big balancing act and, you know, it's, you know, I always tell people, man, you gotta find, you know, wherever you're at, man, you gotta find, uh, you gotta have like a, a group of people that, that in your circle that, you know, will support you or will tell you wh- whether you're doing right or wrong. Right. And for me, I was able to have that circle in Edmonton of guys that, you know, understood my background, understood that I was missing. My family was able to, you know, kind of, you know, push me along, right. If I needed if I was missing my family, maybe they'll take me out, you know, you know, to, to, to eat, you know, with their family. Right. So it was, uh, it was, it was a good experience, you know, going to Edmonton and being away, but I, I always kick myself because, you know, there are times where, you know, you're missing stuff, like first steps, you know, with the daughter and you're missing that, but it's for the greater good. So I, that's, I guess that's how you justify it, but it was, it was some tough times, man. Like you said, it, it isn't easy. I wouldn't recommend it for anyone, but it was—it uh, it was for the love of the game. It was for, it, it, like, it was for the family. Um, uh, it was so I—that's how I justify it. And uh, man, I, it's just tough. Man. Thinking about that is tough. But uh, it was—it's was good. And obviously, we had bye weeks, you know, so I was able to go home uh, every now and then. And obviously, the whole offseason, I'd be home. But for those six months, it ain't easy, man.
0: Because those six months are long. <laughs> It, long, man. It, it it obviously paid off, man, because, you know, I I remember clicking on some games and I saw you breaking some long runs. I saw, you know, they're throwing you the ball a lot more, man. Uh, obviously, apart from playing time, what else changed in Edmonton? Because I got the sense of it from the outside looking in, man, that you were starting to have fun again.
1: Yeah, man, that's a good observation. Yeah like I, you know no one when you play a sport you want to play right so when i was in toronto i wasn't playing as much as i wanted to and going to edmonton um obviously had to earn uh playing time by my play but i yeah. learned a lot you know i learned um i grew up a lot when i got to edmonton because i knew that you know the team that drafts you they're gonna invest a lot in you they're gonna you know make sure that you do well but i was going to edmonton it was a new team they didn't they didn't the head coach knew me but no one else knew me i had to prove myself every single day i had to understand what it meant to be a professional every single day and i think going out there really developed my game because i understood that whatever role was you know given to me i had to be the best possible player at that role to earn more right so mm-hmm. that was uh that was a big thing for me in edmonton and allowed me to thrive because you know every year my role got bigger and bigger and bigger so um I, I really could thank edmonton for that and allowing me to see that hey man i'm not in toronto anymore it ain't all good you gotta earn everything that you're going to get. And um, that, that that's how I looked at that situation. And I was having a lot more fun. You definitely have more fun when you're playing and doing what you love, honestly. Like, so yeah. That's yeah. A, that is that is a great observation that you had and I've uh, no one's ever, um, you know, asked or realized that before, but it was more fun, especially, you know, getting to do what I love.
0: Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to come on the bench and just be on the bench, bro. Yeah. So you obviously want to get in the game. Because sometimes, man, when, when you're there to do a job that you know you can do, but you don't get to produce at that job, you can kind of lose the love of it. Not, not that the love isn't there, but you're not feeling the love. So how can you love something that doesn't love you back, right? But, man, I think I think at a high-level performing state in any profession, there is a sense of pressure that comes with it. Maybe you go, you drop a pass, you know you should have caught Maybe you knew you should have broke a tackle that you didn't break. And it's second and, and one. You're like, oh man, yeah. I know it's one yard, but I, how do you handle pressure? How, how, how do you handle a pressure situation to get yourself back in the game? But also like, man, what if you dropped the pass that could have, could have won the game? You got to take that home. How do you take that pressure and show up tomorrow? How, how do you deal with pressure?
1: Man, pressure is interesting because, you know, I, I look at pressure and I'm like, the only way, the reason you're feeling pressure right now is because you care, right? So Mm. I, I, I look at that and I, I, you know, I think about the times where I had the most pressure or the crowd has been the loudest and you need to perform. It almost wakes you up and makes you lock in that much more because the stakes are so high, right? And it just goes back to practice, though, because if you practice a lot, you know, and putting yourself in pressure situations, because there's times I remember, even being a kid, um, telling myself, man, this is like this is the last drive of the game, and you need, you know what I mean, and just putting yourself in as many pressure situations as possible, then 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 when the pressure situation actually shows up, you're you're okay, right? Because you've been through it so many times, and I always do that. I'm mean, I'm harder on myself. Than anyone else could ever be on me, so you know I put myself under pressure all the time. Even in practice, man, I get I get nervous for practice because <laughs> like people don't care, but I care, right? I yeah. want to be great. You know what I mean, so I'm always putting myself under pressure to 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 perform. And then when the game it, when the game shows up, um, I'm already used to all that pressure. I'm just you know performing right at that point. So the uh, pressure is is there. It's always there but um especially when you're playing competitive sport and you you know you're a high level athletes competing and um competing all the time but i, I always put it like that like I'm, I'm always under pressure whether it's practice or a game like i i i go into practices and i'm like this is this this is a game like i treat every day like a game right so um i'm never it's never feel like oh this is way more than i've ever and i just bowl right mm-hmm. it's never that i am always putting myself in that situation so like practice Games just become another uh, version of practice just you know different jerseys and a and crowd so that's how I deal with it, and you know I understand that it's always there, but if it's not something that's new, then I'm able to deal with it right so if it if it's a situation where I don't think um, I don't think I can handle it or I haven't ever put myself in that spot mentally then then that's where you find the people kind of fold under pressure. You see like the announcers like, oh, he, the moment was too big for him, right? So for me, I always make make sure the moment's never too big for me. I'm always in my head in practice. Every time I'm catching the ball, this is the most important thing I'm doing. This is the most important situation I could be dealing with. So that's how I kind of deal with it.
0: Man, that's great advice, bro. That's a lot of packed wisdom right there, man. <laughs> for, for for the athlete making the transition from college to pros, man, what, what is one tip that you would give to them? And maybe it's not a physical tip, but maybe it's one thing that helped you that you would give to them to make their pathway maybe a little easier.
1: Yeah, my, my thing I always tell, you know, young athletes is, you know, everybody thinks they're going to be, you know, the star player, you know, every team they go to. Like, you're not going to be the star player, I'll tell you that much right now. Like, there's only a very handful of them. You might be, right? And that's good for you, but not everybody. Chances are you're not going to be, right? So, like I said before, man, like, you've got to understand that whatever the coaches are asking of you, whatever, you know, your role is at the time, like, you come in as a rookie, you might have to play special teams, you might have to do all these little things that you weren't doing in college, right? My thing is, whatever role or situation you're in, be the best at that role, even if it's not the role that you want, right? So everybody wants to be a star. Nobody wants to be out there playing special teams, right? But sometimes you're in that situation and you not being the best at that situation is going to find you out the league or out of the game faster than you ever could imagine, right? So be a star. Like I'm not saying you should come in and want to be a, a role player. No, nobody wants to be a role player. <laughs> but What do you want to do? Do you want to play this sport you know, for a long time? Or do you want to you know, think you're a star player and act like a star player and be out the league? You know how many star players are out the league in, in two years because it didn't happen for them? No. Mm. Even star players start somewhere, right? Like Some of the best players, Like that's the best piece of advice I ever got from my head coach, Jason Moss. He told me some of the best players he's ever seen in, in this league started off playing special teams. Right. And after he gave me that piece of advice, I'm like, nah, man, I want to play receiver, but I'm going to go out there and be the best special teams player I could be. And, you know, it changed everything. I mean, I never tackled anyone, but I ended up leading our team in specialty tackles for wow. years. Right. So I was, that was my mindset switch. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to be a superstar in my role. Right. So not everybody can be a superstar, but you can be a superstar in your role. And that's one thing I tell young guys, like, you know, you come up, man, and you want to play a long time. Be a superstar in whatever role they give you. They ask you to block our game. Be the best blocker, you know, in the league. You know, you know that they've ever seen at that role, and that will lead to more opportunities.
0: Man, that's another great advice, man. Be the, and that came from a person who's a, who's in the Hall of Fame now, isn't he, isn't Jason in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think he's in
1: the Edmonton Hall of Fame. But yeah, he he's man, he's well known, man. He is, he's the man.
0: Man, last couple questions, bro. And 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 this just kind of came to me as (laughs) as we were talking. You know, I believe that uh, sacrifices that we make up front comes back at some point down the road. You were drafted to Toronto Um, before you were traded to um, before you signed with Edmonton. You were having a child, right, with your wife. Now you're back in Toronto with your. Uh, well you got two girls now two two, two, two baby girls and your wife you left with just the wife was there baby was on the way and now you come back and now your family is here man in the midst of not being able to play actually with the pandemic happening this time around it came back full circle in a different capacity man does this time feel any different for you
1: Definitely, man, that, that it's, it's, a whole different, it's a whole different situation because I'm in a different place career-wise, I'm in a different place mentally, I'm in a different place family-wise, right? Different things are important, right? When you're younger, all you care about is yourself, like right? you care about, okay, what am I gonna do today? What am I, how am I gonna have fun? How am I gonna, what am I gonna do? What am I, how am I gonna work out? Just everything revolves around yourself, right? And that's yeah. when you're younger. But now I'm in a situation where every decision I make affects, you know, three other people, right? So. I have to be on my game at all times. And, you know, it's something that um, I don't take lightly. Um, And that's something that I cherish, you know, being responsible for, you know, three other people is a huge responsibility, but it's what you, it's what it's, so it's what's important to me, right? Something that I want. So um, uh, I'm very grateful to be uh, in the situation that I'm in, to be back home, to have my family, um, you know, here um, in in the same city, and then also to have the pandemic to have, spend more time than I've ever spent with, you know, with them, because we couldn't even go outside right for a while. <laughs> um, it's, it's you didn't miss nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I did not miss a thing. So uh, no, it was uh, it's really it's really a blessing for sure. Um, just a different. It, I just I think about back then and sometimes I'll be like on the couch and have two two girls screaming uh and i'm thinking that like back to my rookie year man i would be taking a nap right <laughs> now let's take the so much and you know i appreciate i appreciate uh the different stages for what they were because you know everyone always wants something they don't have and i'm thinking about it like okay when i was you know younger i would always think about the future and like having a family and having yeah family.
0: and
1: then now that i'm older i have kids i'm thinking about back when i was a rookie so yeah thinking, yeah um, just enjoy what you have now because, you know, in, in the future, you're going to be wishing to have this time back, right? So just, just living in the present is, is something that, you know, I, uh, I always remind myself of, of daily, man, because, you know, it's so funny because we're, we're here now and then we, we always want to think about, oh, back when I was, you know, in this spot, you know, that was like so cool. I wish I could go back like now, nah, man, because in the future, you're going to be wishing to come back here. Right? Mm. So enjoy, enjoy right now.
0: That's something mom man. Man, every time I see it with your kids, man, I can tell there's so much joy and excitement because it's like, man, like there is just something about about the, the youth that rejuvenates us, right? And I can see that in you, just the love that you have, man. And I can tell that, uh, you know, you're gonna have your hands full because they're beautiful babies. They're beautiful babies. But at the same time, man, I, I know that what you and your wife passed down to them is something they can take with them for the rest of their lives, man. Um, let's get into these last five questions, man. Last easy five question, Well, they shouldn't be hard. Uh, the first and the last question are ones that I ask people, uh, the same ones. Question one, man, if you were trapped on a deserted island and you could only take three things for a week, what would those three things be?
1: Ooh, okay. But not people.
0: It it could be anything. It could okay, be anything. You could I take three to... people. You could take one.
1: <laughs> oh man, because I, I, I can't leave the family behind. I was, I'm trapped, right? So I've I've got I got three. I have to take the family, like, and then figure it out from there. So I got to take my wife and two daughters. I I, 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 I can think of other things I take, but if I didn't say them, I'd probably be in trouble. So I <laughs> we'll do we'll, we'll
0: we'll we'll add the whole family in one, and okay, you can pick okay, two more.
1: Okay. okay, I gotta take. I, love, I gotta take my phone, right, because when I have cell service, I take my phone, let's assume I have cell service, so I can uh, tell someone I'm on a desert desert <laughs> and then order some Uber Eats, maybe. <laughs> uh, Uber Jets,
0: Uber Jets. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, because, uh, yeah, because obviously these days you can do everything on your phone, watch TV, and all that thing, so, okay, I have my phone, um, I guess I can read books on my phone, too, right, so... I don't mm-hmm. know, Okay. Um GPS. I bring it. I guess you got that on your phone. It's, on the it's, so phone. it's like these phones are so powerful now. Um, okay. Uh I bring a football so I can uh throw around my football. So phone, football, and dude, that's a great question. Oh man. <laughs> okay well before I answer my last one, what would you bring?
0: Man, I bro, I would bring, I would bring uh, like a sword, like a machete or a sword so I can like, so I can go, because I, because I got to eat, you know what I'm saying? So I got to go and I got to chop and I got to cut and I would bring like, like a, like a, like a massive tent. Cause I don't want to sleep on the, bro, snakes and stuff out there, bro. Bro, but, and then, you know, bro, I would bring fire, bro, like a lighter or something.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. Because
0: because because even though there's water there, you can't just trust any water, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I got to be able to boil it, you know, and I know I can make – I can always make soup, you yes. know, so that's what I would bring.
1: Oh, uh, man, that's good. All right, so I would bring – I forget the football. I will bring my phone. I would bring, um, like, basically survival tools, right? So I would bring maybe a Swiss knife, right, mm-hmm. with all the, all the, you know – the best Swiss night possible. And then I would have, yeah, I'd have to bring a tent because I need something to sleep in. That's that, yeah. I got still a couple of years, but that and you just made me realize what was most important. Like how are you just going to be sleeping at, you know what I mean? <laughs> On the or what?
0: Question yeah. two, man. Uh, do you have a pregame ritual, a game ritual, a postgame ritual? What's, what's one of your rituals?
1: Dude, my, my ritual is really, um, throughout the week, right? I do the same thing Mm. throughout the week because, you know, it it makes me feel good going to the game that I was able to complete everything I wanted to complete. So basically, before practice, you know, we would have uh, work – before even meetings, first thing in the morning, I get to the facility, workout, and then we have all the things for the team, right? We have meetings, then practice. Then post-practice, I'll do, you know, some stretches, and if I, you know, couldn't get to anything, to work out, finish that out. Then uh, go home, uh, do all the recovery stuff and go home. Watch the film of the practice, take notes, right, and then come back the next day and, and do it all over. So I do that every single day leading up to the game, and you know by game time I, I know you know how I look in practice, how I feel because I've done all my workouts, I'm recovery, and um, I'm ready to go. So it's more of a, a whole week ritual, and if if I don't if I miss something, I, you know I kind of be I make sure not to miss anything because I kind of be like man like I don't feel you know what I mean It's just you don't feel the best so. It's almost like a weekly ritual that I, I accomplish, and it's, it's it makes me feel great going into
0: the game. Man, I hope my young athletes listening to this, man, I hope you just heard what the man said.
1: <laughs> yeah. When you do something one day, man, it's not like, okay, yeah, you, you're going to put your right sock before your left and you know, that's going to make you play good. Nah, it's about what you do you know, throughout the week.
0: Question three, man. You're having one of your annual dinners, right? And you can invite four people to your dinner past or present Mm -hmm. who are you sending the invite to you got four
1: okay okay definitely have to have michael jordan because probably one of the greatest athletes of
0: all time and he's probably bringing a good side with him too
1: yeah 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 exactly um Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. I wanna I wanna I think that that'd be un, unbelievable, especially as we're reaching into Black History Month. And then um just you know obviously you know, best athlete and best social activists, uh, both of them. Um that one more person. How about Oprah Winfrey? Mm. Mm. How about Oprah Winfrey? Some, someone that's not in the sports realm but can give perspective, I think. That would be a good uh, table because you can learn a lot from all of them.
0: That would be an interesting conversation, man.
1: To yeah. uh, get to the past, present, and a little bit about history.
0: Question four, man. You know, growing up, who, who did you look up to? Did you, have, did you have a hero? Did you have someone who you, someone who you looked up to that said, you know what, I want to do that? Or I like the way how he goes about himself. Who 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 was someone that you looked up to? You
1: know what? It, I, mean, I didn't realize it until it was later. It was really my dad um, because the way he went about his business, man, like he was, everything we did, man, like, we'd be going to the you know, doctor's appointment 10 minutes early, you know, going to the airport, man, three hours early, you know what I mean? Always punctual for everything. He was um, the way he'd always tell me to treat. The way I saw him treating people, like, he would treat Know, you know the owner of a company the same way he treat the person cleaning the company, right? The uh, the janitor. So I, I always saw him, you know, the, treating everybody with the utmost respect, and I and I didn't realize it till you know I was later. I'm like, man, this guy, you know, I really had to figure it out, and he always told me, man, you got to respect every single person on this earth, man, no matter what they do, you no know, matter what they look like, no matter what, right? So I uh, I really looked up to my, my dad, man, because you know, I always tell him that you. You were right about so much stuff. I just didn't want to listen to you, right? <laughs> yeah, at a younger age. So I really looked up my dad. Obviously, obviously Michael Jordan w- was a big one um, you know, to look up to. And in then in the NFL is, you know, a bunch of guys. I love Deion Sanders. I love the swagger that he played with. I love the fact that you know he could play one day he could be playing basketball, the next day he'll be playing baseball, um, and it seemed like he could do anything. You know, on, on, in both those um, those spaces. So um those, those are some uh, people i looked up to um uh, you know growing up and obviously a moderate shot and just the media, uh, media man that he was so yeah that's that was it
0: for me last question man um father husband um son parent <laughs> athlete entrepreneur <laughs> uh Podcast hosts, all of these different things, man. Everything that you have aver- overcome in the past, everything that you willed yourself to do, to accomplish, man. What is if there was one word to describe you, what would that one word be and why?
1: One word, that's great, man. Just I think I would do I would I would choose happy, because I know honestly, like since I've been a kid. <laughs> Um, all my teachers everywhere I go, man, they always I remember going back to my school and like, man, you were always laughing, you were always smiling. and even some of my old coaches like, man, I love you know the positive attitude that you always have. so I guess I would say happy because no matter what the situation is, man like for some reason, like I always find the best out of it, right so there have been times where you know things haven't been the greatest, but in my head, I didn't know there were there were mm. I didn't tell myself all the things that have, I always, you know, was able to tell myself all the things I do have, all the things I am blessed to have. Um, and I've always never been one to compare myself to anyone else. Right. So I think that's what happens or at least a lot of, you know, dissatisfaction or unhappiness with a lot of people is like, they're like, oh man, like me and this guy are the same age. Like, why is he doing more than me? Or why, why does he have this and I don't have that? I mean, I don't care. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just me. Right. So I think, for me, I've been blessed with the ability to just see the the bright side of you know every situation I'm in. Um, you know, I mean, so there has conversations with my wife where you know she's you know things are do uh, things are supposed to be done in the house or, you know, kids are freaking out. I'm like, wait, I was like, it's all good. Like, she's like, why are you so calm? It's like, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this and go. Right. She's she's almost the, not the opposite of me, but she's more on the ball with everything mm-hmm. that we have to do. And I'm just, you know, just here thinking everything's all good. And I can get me in trouble sometimes, you know, thinking everything's all good. And, you know, the sense of urgency isn't there, and next thing you know, kids are late for. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, that's that's one way I would describe myself is just happy, man, because I always try to see the bright side of everything. That.
0: That's a hundred percent true, bro. Because, man, I remember, and this is and this is something that I definitely wanted to share, man. When I signed with the Tiger Cats, my 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 short stint in the CFL, man, you were the first person to to reach out on some positive stuff, right? You reached out, you said, man, whatever you need, bro, like just let me know. And I always appreciate that because I'm just like, man, bro, even when I was running track, nobody ever did that to me, you know what I'm saying? So I, I appreciated that. And even though I didn't know you, it showed me a lot about your character and everything that you just described is exactly how you go about your life, man. You don't, you. it's in a world that is negative, it is very hard to be one of those people who choose to see the positive in it, man. So I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate you, man. And 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 where can people keep in touch with you, man? Make sure you tell us about the podcast, bro, because matter of fact, I'm going to tell the people about the podcast, <laughs> man. The All Ball podcast, right? Yeah. I was listening to the pinball episode the other day, um, but before I was listening to, because uh, I always like to listen to podcasts if I'm working out or if I'm like going for a walk or, you know, flying and stuff like that. And so the first time I actually listened to your podcast was with, I want to say, Adarius Bowman. But that, that man is hilarious, bro. Hilarious. <laughs> but where can people keep in touch with you, man? Where can they continue to follow your career? And, and, and definitely make sure you're all listening to the All Ball podcast, man.
1: Yeah, no, people can uh, definitely find me on, you know, obviously, all the socials, the j 3 on IG. Um, just type in the TJ on on Twitter, I'm sure I'll pop up, but like you said, got the podcast going, man, I was, you know, for this podcast, I really was inspired by you and I, I don't know if I ever told you, but to see an athlete, you know, step into, uh, this space where, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're using your voice and your platform to share your experiences. Um, I was really huge, right. I never, I never, I never really saw someone I knew doing that and you're the first person I saw. So. You're a big inspiration for me Um uh, I, I thought I'd tell you, but yeah, I don't think I ever told you, but you were really one of the biggest inspirations for me to step into it and have confidence because I saw you, you know, really speaking confidently and, and about all your experiences and, and helping people. And I was like, man, I, 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 this guy's this guy's got it so you gave me confidence and you gave me you, oh, <laughs> inspiration to, to step into the space but yeah you can find the all ball podcast so I, I i do a, a different kind of take i like you said i like to laugh and I'm, I'm happy so i i get to that that side with the athletes that i have on um you know talk about the lighter stuff about sports um you know kind of the funniest like if they ever had anything funny happen to them or trash talking stories or trash talking stories that didn't work out i want to know <laughs> all those things um so it's just, it's just, it's been it's been a cool ride so far and i'm happy i started it and you know a huge shout out to you man for for being inspiration but um yeah man the all about podcasts it's, it's still going on you can find it on uh, spotify apple google wherever you get your podcasts um it's still going right now shout out to you
0: man hey man i appreciate that bro man and and uh i look forward to when you get your studio you know what i'm saying <laughs> that, you know, we can have this conversation in person, bro. <laughs>
1: sure, uh, absolutely, man, absolutely. We, we definitely got to do it in person at some point. But, you know, it is 20, 2021 now, and, you know, everything, This seems like how everybody's interacting nowadays, man. <laughs> I just had a like, virtual party, uh, birthday party this past weekend with one of my daughter's friends. So I'm like, man, this is unbelievable. And they sent over a package that, you know, a little uh, treasure hunt that we have in the house. It was unbelievable, what? man. So. Yeah, it's, it, things are changing. Oh, I've never changing. heard
0: that before, bro. That's mad. That's it, crazy. It
1: was, it, was, it was fun. It was really fun and really uh, creative way they did it. And I, I, I see that's probably how it's going to be in the future, man. It's
0: crazy. That's interesting, bro. But, man, I don't want to take up more of your time, bro. I appreciate you again. Thanks for jumping on, bro. And if I can help with anything, bro, let's continue to stay in touch, bro.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, man. Pleasure to be out with you, guys. It's
0: love, bro. Stay safe, man.